Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole. Episode 59, Tuesday, November the 5th, into the 11th month of the 2019 campaign. And the uh, the focus today, the 2019 Rock Cup USA Rock the Rio event from the Rio All Suite Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, for the first time, David Cole making the trek out to, to cover the event Solid numbers, which we'll talk about throughout here as well. We'll, uh, as we always do, we'll jump into the paddock pass. Davis, David can give us some of the information he picked up as he worked the paddock throughout the couple of days that he was there. Uh, most of the time, David was there focusing, of course, on the racing. Rolled in on Friday morning, a Friday, Friday and Saturday race weekend. Essentially, David got the last couple of heat races, and of course, the main, the, the final heat race in the mains on Saturday. Lots to talk about, but let's uh, let's get things underway. Uh, by welcoming in our presenting sponsor of the broadcast, of course, Rock Cup USA. High-quality, unmatched performance engines, experienced race staff, awesome venues, and tons of momentum. That's Rock Cup USA, and we invite you to join us as we roll into the 2020 season. Our three-weekend Florida Winter Tour is set for next year with stops in Miami, Ocala, and St. Petersburg. The Challenge of the Americas, the premier West Coast program, gives rockers the chance to rock and roll with the best West Coast racers. Both series, of course, offering winners tickets to the Rock Cup Super Final in Italy. Then they'll cap off the season by aiming to break their entry record again in November at Las Vegas at the third annual Rock the Rio. Are you ready for a change? Let's rock. All right, David Cole, let's do the quick overview here. Um, Halloween, of course, Thursday night, so that kind of... Limited the amount of time you were going to be able to spend trackside. You did Halloween with the kids on Thursday. Uh, super early flight Friday morning to roll into Las Vegas for heat races. And then, of course, capping things off with an exciting uh, Saturday. It was like a 72-hour vacation, but work mixed in <laughs> with it. It was it it was weird going to Vegas on a Friday and then being at an event at the Rio that wasn't this super national. So it was all kind of like, that's true. Like a haze, yeah. but yet like a vacation feel. And, and of course it's beginning all with the in and out burger, of course, when I got there, but uh, yeah, I saw, I saw that on social. I figured you'd enjoy that. It was good. But uh, yeah, so <clears throat> the Halloween uh, did kind of limit uh, the time that we were able to be at the event. Um, I got to enjoy the uh, the younger years of the children while I can. And Halloween's the, the, one of those big ones. Uh, so we got that out of the way. I, and unfortunately, I couldn't find a late flight that Thursday. So it had to be an early flight Friday. That meant uh, waking up at 3.30 in the morning and essentially getting uh, to Las Vegas by about 10 o'clock their time. So it was uh, a long uh, eight hours, essentially, uh, leaving home and getting there to Vegas and then being at the racetrack for what was their, one of their longest days of the week, which included, I believe 30 heat races. So how long you were probably up for 24 hours then, uh, you add in the dinner and the, uh, the couple of drinks I had after dinner and it ended up being about 24 hours straight because I couldn't, I could not sleep, uh, on the planes, either, either the plane to the connector in Detroit or from Detroit to Las Vegas, uh, so I watched movie. I just wasn't very comfortable in the seat that I got because we booked it a little bit late and didn't quite get the we did. get the exit row, the favorable exit row that allows for uh, some sleeping. But uh, yeah, it was a uh, it made for a long day, but uh, it, it was it was a really good day. It was probably one of their warmer days that they had had up to that point. Uh, they had they opened up the event uh, on track 
Wednesday with a first uh, day of practice. And it was a very cool day. Like we were, temperatures were almost yeah. freezing uh, by the time they got on track that morning. So, uh, so it was a little bit of a warm up as the week went on for them, uh, getting into uh, qualifying on Thursday along with the opening heat race. And then, as I said, three rounds of heat races on that Friday uh, that included 30 heat races and then the main events on Saturday. Uh, second running of the event as well. The, uh, of course, all the drivers that, that run the rock uh, from all over North America and the world, a bunch of Canadians down to Las Vegas, uh, but really not, not the, the not the second event for Garrett Potter, who's the promoter with with Rock Cup USA, because he spent some time putting the event on, being part of the uh, the U.S. Open a couple of years ago as well. Yeah, 2016 and 2017, uh, he was part of the U.S. Open events that took place there uh, under the Rotax banner, and so 2018 was the only year that we haven't seen dual races at the Rio uh, over the last five years. Uh, but this this was the second event, as you said, for for under the Rock Cup USA banner with uh, Garrett Potter at the helm. Uh, and obviously, as we as we said uh, in their um, in their um, commercial, their commercial read uh, record turnout uh, for yeah. the 2019 edition. Yeah, 2018, 208 drivers, 310 uh, this particular weekend. And David, I know you'll be able to go through some of the numbers here and kind of talk about, you know, the, the biggest categories in terms of increasing size, but really only one class uh, actually went down. Micro rock was the only class with less drivers, 21 last year, 17 this year. Uh, but anywhere from like one to about what, 17 or 18 increase across the board in all the categories. Not, I think, was it nine classes, 10 classes in total? Uh, ten, excuse me. Yeah. 10 classes in total on the, on the event at the event. Um, excuse me. They added the 100 CC junior category for the first time this year. So last year they had, uh, nine classes with eight race groups because they had the two 100 CC, uh, categories of senior and master running together on the track at the same time. So this year it was 10 race groups, 10 classes, uh, hundred, as I said, hundred CC junior was new and they brought 20, you add in the 100cc senior with 19, 100cc master with 15. So there was a good group of, you know, that's uh, 55 or 54 in total, uh, just in 100cc category group of the 310 total entries. So really, if you kind of look at it, uh, you know, you figure in around 250 rock racers uh, with the, those seven um, main core group classes that make up the Rock Cup USA program. Yeah, what will you get in later on, or you can do it now? Actually, what 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 did we have in terms of the hundred CC categories, uh, in terms of the VLR uh, rock and and the K one hundred? Were there a number of of, uh, of VLRs this time around? The the junior category was mostly the VLR engines. Okay. Um, I the I did I I couldn't remember I can't remember specifically the uh, the the weights and how they how they varied. Uh, between the two engines, but uh, everybody was on basically the VLR and junior. Uh, you okay. flip to the senior and masters, and it was mostly IMEs in those categories. It was the IME engines uh, that were that were faster in those categories uh, compared to the VLR. Um, so, and that was the majority of the engine selection in those classes. 
couple of the highlights, of course, Junior Rock and Senior Rock, both over 45, 46 for Junior, 49 for Senior. Good shifter cart numbers as well, 42 in the Senior Rock class and 32 in, in, the, uh, in the Master category, Dave. Pretty solid, solid numbers in terms of the, 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 different, you know, the different categories, different disciplines within the Rock program. And one of the things going into the week was, is they were going to run LCQ category, uh, LCQ races for those classes with more than 40. Uh, they ended up changing it, I believe Monday or Tuesday before the event, uh, actually began saying, Hey, we've, we've made some changes to the racetrack. We're just going to run them all at the same time. Yeah. And it wasn't so much changes to the racetrack. It was just more, uh, structure wise with around the facility. Cause one of the big things, um, and I, I was going to talk about this later was uh, they moved the pit out over to where the pit in was. So as soon as they came around turn one, they were able to come in to the pit out or pit in, I should say. So it, the cool down lap was known was voided. There yeah. was no cool down lap. Saves a ton of lot, ton of time on the weekend. Yeah. Overall. I mean, you're looking at 30 minutes, maybe, yep. you know, per cool down race, you know, you know, one minute, if not longer. So you could say two minutes per race, and you had those 30 heat races, that's an, that's an hour you're saving right there. <laughs> and that one thing, and that's that you're right. That's key. All right. Dave, yeah, we we've got, the- yeah. We've talked about that before having going from a one pre-final format to multiple heat races yep. because you're saving that time, not only of cool down lap and pickups, you know, that, that adds up as you go along. So. Especially when you're talking about 11 or 12 categories, right? That just makes yeah, it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just, you, you pick up time with each one. So David's got things underway here, folks. That was the overview, the 2019 Rock the Rio uh, event, the Rock Cup USA finale for this year at at Las Vegas. Uh, We'll take our first quick break here in episode 59 of the EKN Debrief. When we come back, David will jump into the paddock pass, give us a little uh, information, maybe who was there, what the atmosphere was like, talk uh, maybe a little bit more uh, about the track itself. Stay with us. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. The shift is on to a new brand and a new way of thinking. The Croc promotion has taken American karting by storm and, simply put, we have the best kart on the market. We've won and continue to win national and regional races with a revolving door of drivers. Myers, Bedozo, French, Musgrave, and we're ready to dominate the rest of the 2019 season. We just want to win. That's it. Plain and simple. Our dynamic R&D program is more aggressive than any other manufacturer, and we're the only company focused on building the perfect chassis for American tracks, engines, and tires. Why race a cart made for Europeans? We're testing prototypes for American racing. We're breaking the mold. Croc Promotion is all about supporting dedicated and talented young drivers and winning races. That's Croc Promotion USA. That's Mad Old Nut Racing. We just want to win plain and simple. No BS. Let us spend our time and money developing the chassis so that you can win. In a sport where the difference between winning and losing is measured in hundreds of a second, you can't afford to leave anything on the table. You invest in the best equipment, the lightest components, and top-of-the-line data acquisition systems. Anything to find one more tenth, right? I'll tell you right now, the best investment you could ever make is in yourself. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the new state-of-the-art speed sports racing park just north of Houston, 
The Alan Rudolph Racing Academy uses the very best equipment, Burrell Art Carts. They offer half-day, one-day, two-day, and three-day clinics. They have a one-on-one student-to-instructor ratio, and they will design a customized curriculum for each student. Alan Rudolph is one of the most respected people in the sport, and he has nearly 20 years' experience training drivers, including Chase Elliott, Neil Alberico, Austin Versteeg, and Sabre Cook, and rising stars like Pietro Fittipaldi. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Start off your season with a driver tune-up. Tune-up your season with some driver coaching. Or get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866-607-7223. For more information, visit speedsportsracingpark.com slash racing hyphen academy. If the dream is IndyCar, set your target on the road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires. Our ladder system is designed to take drivers through three runs of competition. The first step is the Cooper Tires USF 2000 Championship, which features a carbon tub Tatus chassis, 180 horsepower, and paddle shift sequential gearbox. Boost the USF 2000's output to 280 horsepower for the newly named Indy Pro 2000 program, the second rung of the road to Indy, formerly known as Pro Mazda. Add in increased grip and aero downforce, and the Tatus PM18 becomes an incredible racing machine. The final step before IndyCar is the Indy Lights Championship presented by Cooper Tires. The Delara IL-15 boasts a whopping 450 horsepower. This car itself has helped train a third of the grid expected for the 2019 IndyCar Series. At all three levels, you race at premier venues on the same dance card as IndyCar. Showcase your skills under the watchful eyes of IndyCar scouts and owners. The program is unprecedented around the world, offering the opportunity to climb the ladder with over $2 million in scholarships to the champions in USF 2000, Indy Pro 2000, and Indy Lights. Former Carters fill the roster of Road to Indy graduates in IndyCar, like Spencer Piggott, Zach Beach, Jack Harvey, Ed Jones, Mateus Laced, Felix Rosenquist, Colton Herta, and 2018 Indy Lights champion Pato Award. Recent graduates, like Kyle Kirkwood, are in the middle of their journeys right now as well. Follow in their footsteps. You want to race IndyCar, there's only one choice. The Road to Indy, presented by Cooper Tires. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief. Uh, David Cole, since you're doing the heavy lifting here today, I'll just quarterback it here as we work our way through. Uh, Jumping into the Paddock Pass right now, brought to you by Stilo USA. As a world leader in personal racing safety products, Simpson Performance Products is now the official North American distributor for Stilo helmets. In addition to their popular auto racing helmets, Stilo is excited to have made their move into karting. Stilo has two helmets designed and manufactured specifically for karting. The ST5 CMR 2016 for kids and the ST5 Kart Snell K 2015 adult karting helmet. For more information, check them out online at www.simpsonperformanceproducts.com slash Stilo or by following them on social media at Stilo USA. 
All right, David Cole, obviously one of the hot topics. Anytime you have a, a street circuit event, a temporary circuit event, people want to talk about the racetrack. Uh, how was this year? Give us some input. Uh, you were obviously there. You weren't there when they were able to set it up, but you watched a lot of racing. And because you're out there taking the the, 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 the photos as you do, you get up close and personal with a lot of these corners. Yeah, I didn't do so much of that on Saturday. I was kind of, you know, wor- working the paddock a little bit more. Um, and, and it was really on Saturday or Friday is when I was doing Saturday is when I uh, was able to get on racetrack and take some photos and really get a, a you know, firsthand aspect of, of what the racetrack was. You know, as I said earlier, yeah. it was the same as 2018. Uh, as we, with the bit of change, with the change of the pit in and pit out uh, areas, uh, one of the things they do is they bring, they do the podiums right after every main event. So right when they came into the pit in, they had another little turn to go over to the podium area where the top three uh, drivers were able to drive their carts right there, uh, lay the helmets down on the mini racks, and then uh, they put the podiums up behind them. So uh, that was a really cool aspect of, uh, of watching that. Uh, I know we see it. We're starting to see that more and more now with some of the events we go to. Uh, but it's, it's very cool to see, uh, but looking at the track overall, um, it's, it's a temp circuit. So of course there's going to be likes and dislikes. Um, I really like the, uh, the turn, the opening, opening sector of the racetrack, uh, leading on to the long back straight. Um, I don't really like, I didn't really like the kink so much. Uh, we saw a couple major accidents there on Saturday. Uh, one of them being in the shifter cart category, uh, where Cooper Beckland made contact, got sideways. And, and then once the cart gets in the middle of the racetrack, there's nowhere else to go uh, at a temp circuit. Yeah. I saw some video on that. It was, yeah. That was pretty and, sketch. And so I, I think, again, they have to work with what the pavement gives them. And, and so there's certain yeah. areas of the, of the, of the parking lot that are unusable. Uh, so that's kind of, that kind of dictates that, that kink area there. Um, and then you basically have one, two, three, Three one eight, essentially one hundred eighty degree corners. Uh, the one, the first one is at the end of the long back straight, and for the shifters, it's basically almost going from ninety miles an hour to twenty miles an hour. So it's, uh, it was really cool to kind of watch them go from sixth to first in in the matter of seconds. Um, but yeah. uh, you know, overall, I th- it, it definitely plenty of passing opportunities. Uh, obviously, with the pushback bumper. Uh, you, you're, you're going to have guys running the defensive line, no matter where you go. And so when you have that, you know, right to left to right scenarios, you're going to have a lot of guys running the defensive line and running the inside. Uh, it's just kind of the way it is. Um, they did have some curbing down, uh, but really the curbs were kind of there just to keep, uh, the carts off the, uh, barriers that are labeled or moved onto the inside to mark off the racetrack. Uh, they're kind of the bolt down. Uh, okay. curbs where they're not, it's not poured concrete. It's just, they're bolted down into, uh, into the pavement. Um, and that kind of eliminates the, uh, the opportunities for drivers such as Danny Formal or that to ju- to do, to do some curb jumping. Uh, so <laughs> I like, I like how you bring him into it. I mean, well, he, he, I mean, he is the, uh, he's the Travis Pastrana of curbs, right? <laughs> That's it. So, That's uh, so yeah, so they're kind of just there to mark the, tr- the racetrack, not like other curves that we've seen at other temporary, uh, events. So, um, yeah, I think overall it was, um, it was a fairly, it's a fairly good layout, uh, challenging, uh, at times, you know, cause you have the, you know, one eighties are not exactly the easiest, especially, uh, on a temporary circuit where the, uh, the pavement's not exactly smooth. 
That's coming onto the onto the straightaway, actually the main straight, uh, there was a, a very big dip in going into the apex. So it, it made for uh, some good bouncing uh, video material there. Uh, <laughs> but um, and 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 really, it was it was unique to not see a lot of rubber getting laid down because I know that's one thing we typically see. We start seeing the black line, the black line here. It wasn't yeah. so much defined, um, and it, it maybe has to do with the the Bridgestone tires that 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 they the Rock Cup USA uses. It's because it's not as soft as other tires that we see that we are typically accustomed to. Uh, so it's kind of that in between. It's kind of like a medium compound. Uh, let's. You mentioned obviously the incident with Cooper Becklin. What was the the racecraft like overall? You know, I, I you know watched some of it. They were, they were watching, you know, watched some of the live timing. Seems like there was a couple of red flags on Saturday that kind of extended the day a little bit. Overall, what were your thoughts on the racecraft? I think a racecraft racecraft overall was was typically good. Uh, again, you make contact with the barrier, you get a cart stuck out in the middle of the racetrack, you got nowhere to go, and and you get you you're collected. Uh, that was kind of the the scenario in, in the red flags that we saw. Um, so they had to kind of cut down uh, a couple laps off some of the heat four round of racing uh, in okay. order to save time because they didn't have lights. Uh, they were scheduled to be done by five. And as we know, in, in Las Vegas, it starts to get a little bit darker around five o'clock. And so the heat races were going on and we ended up not finishing until six o'clock that night. And the last wow. ra- the last race of the day was the shifter carts or the shifter rock, and it was pretty cool to see them racing with. I mean, you had the parking lot lights, but no additional lights uh, surrounding the track, and and got you yeah. know if clear visors, you had no issues. Dark visors, maybe a little bit of an issue, but you could still see uh, uh, fairly well because the, the sun was still out. It was just behind <laughs> the Rio as we're accustomed to. Well, and again, I was going to kind of throw out the Scusa Supernats, and we usually had that sunset break. It's around three forty or something like that, maybe a little later. But that's that's still three four, four weeks down the line, right? Yeah, essentially almost four full weeks down the line, three weeks down the line from this race. So, yeah, uh, the sun's still ho- holding itself up a little bit, a little bit longer. Six o'clock, probably right on the edge. But that's yeah, uh, yeah it's not it's it's not so low to where it's blinding drivers. Um, okay. Uh, just the way the sun is positioned and the way the racetrack is laid out, there there really isn't uh, an area that you're blinded by the light. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, so there's no really issues with that. And again, if they wouldn't have had those red flags, they probably would have been done probably about 530 because they had a couple other uh, issues that kind of push things around. So uh, overall wise, you know, still to get 30 races done in one day and be done by six o'clock is still pretty good. Let's talk atmosphere. Uh, what was the what was the vibe in the paddock when you were there? You know, was uh, let's talk about who was in attendance. I saw that Rubens Barrichello was racing. Uh, just give me the, the overall vibe. Yeah, like I said, for me, it kind of just felt like uh, I was on vacation getting into the racetrack. Like I felt like I was a, a spectator at first. And I'm like, oh yeah, I still have to work. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Friday morning, it kind of you know it, it felt good uh, being there. Again, it felt surreal, kind of like you're on a a dream, but you're still seeing all the same people, uh, you're used to seeing at the racetrack, no matter where you go. So, uh, it wasn't strange in that aspect, but, uh, they had music pumping all, all weekend long. So a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, music was, was sitting in my head all day long in the beach, just going on and on and on. Uh, so yeah, so it was good there. Uh, again, you know, even though you have 30 heat races, there was still plenty of time between sessions. So there wasn't, uh, 
there wasn't that rush factor of guys running around. So uh, the majority of the paddock seemed very relaxed and uh, and chill, uh, enjoying the time in Vegas. Obviously, anytime you're in Vegas, the sun's out, it's a good time. Uh, and yeah, and so uh, roaming around the paddock Friday, you got to see who was there. Of course, uh, through the results, you could see that Rubens Barrichello was there, uh, the former uh, Formula One driver and IndyCar driver was racing uh, the shifter rock there for the first time. Uh, did not race there last year and was racing alongside his son, Eduardo, who was racing in senior rock. So they kind of had a father son uh, weekend there for those two. Uh, and of course, uh, with the Vortex and and the OTK cart group, uh, President Roberto Robazzi was there uh, in attendance, watching over everything uh, along with I saw Marco Artigo and a number of other uh, European drivers there as well, too. Yeah, I always, I always know that Las Vegas has that bit of a draw. People want to come to the event. Of course, uh, the, the Vortex program, the whole OTK cart group being such a, a big part of the program. Good to see uh, some of the major players there. David, one of the things that you dropped out, which I thought was interesting on our, uh, on our social media, was they had a bunch of schedules as part, of the, you know, as part of some of the signs you had going out to the racetrack. And one of the signs that they had, was the 2020 dates for the Florida Winter Tour? They actually hadn't announced that yet, but the sign was there. So, talk a little bit about uh, about the the dates and the locations that we're going to see for uh, for this year's Winter Tour. Yeah, it's going to be very a little bit similar to what the 2019 Florida Winter Tour was, but 2020 is going to be uh, three different locations, but two temporary circuits. Uh, they're going to be back in Miami. Uh, January 16 through the 19 uh, with a temporary circuit location has not been announced. So it's just saying Miami. So we can assume maybe still at the hard rock uh, stadium as they did twice last year. Uh, We're still waiting on confirmation from that, but we do know February 13 through 16 will be the second stop of the Florida winter tour. And that'll be at Ocala Grand Prix. So they will welcome everybody there for the second event of the program. And then in March, it's going to be at a new temporary circuit, this time in St. Petersburg during March 5 through 8. So uh, there's some speculations on where this might be as well, too. Yeah. Uh, I think you kind of have an idea of what's going on down there in St. Petersburg <laughs> around that same time. Uh, but there's there's obviously some other different venues that may possibly be uh, a, a, the destination for it. So uh, we're still kind of wait and see on that, along with class structure. Um, of course, we probably know that they'll have probably the core Rock Cup USA programs. But uh, what else are they going to have? Briggs again? Or what are they doing with the 100cc category? So we're still kind of wait and see on that. But uh, we kind of have the map laid out for us. We're just not quite there on the exact directions yet. Yeah, the calendar's there, right? You know what the dates are. The, the St. Petersburg one's interesting for me. It's the week before uh, the IndyCar and Road to Indy uh, opener down on the uh, in the streets of St. Petersburg at the airport. Uh, a week before is, is when they're talking about the dates. So I'm not sure if that's going to be involved there at all, but I'm sure Garrett Potter will give us the scoop sooner or later. That is the uh, is our Paddock Pass, folks, presented by Stilo USA. We get back after this break. Uh, David's going to jump into the race report. Start Time to start working our way to the categories that were on track at this year's Rock the Rio. The 2019 season is rapidly coming to a close, and it's time to start thinking about 2020. Get out your calendar and mark off the dates for the fastest-growing Rock Cup programming in the U.S., the Challenge of the Americas. 
It's our 13th season and year three of our Rock Focus, and 2020 will be the biggest yet. As always, the challenge features three race weekends at three of the finest tracks in the West. The Muscleman Honda Circuit in Tucson, Cal Speed Karting in Fontana, and Sonoma in NorCal Wine Country. Our classes include Micro, Mini, Junior, Senior, and Masters Rock, our multi-manufacturer 100cc Junior, Senior, and Masters level, and our well-supported Rock Shifter and Rock Shifter Masters program. We're by far the largest shifter program in the West, with 56 unique competitors and an average of 32 shifter drivers in just two categories this past winter. While other West Coast programs are shrinking, the challenge of the Americas and Rock are growing. With over 125 entries at last year's opener, 150 plus is certainly a possibility for 2020. So make sure you're part of the fun. Prizes include tickets to the massive Rock Cup Super Final and the Rock the Real event in Las Vegas. The Challenge opener is less than four months away, so head to our website at challengecarding.com, pull out that calendar, and lock in the dates. We'll see you in Tucson. You've heard and read about us. We're the Rawlson Performance Group. We race to win. After putting all eight of our X30 senior drivers in the main at last year's Scusa Super Nationals, we're the tent you need to be under this November. We have just four spots available, so contact us today to lock in one of our final opportunities. We may be prepping for Las Vegas, but it's also time to talk about 2020. Joining the Rawlson Performance Group is the obvious choice to take your racing to the next level. Our industry-leading driver development is provided by our staff of multi-time national champions, Super Nationals winners, and former Team USA members. And at the same time, RPG continues to be a national-level powerhouse race team. Our goal is to help you raise your game and win races. In 2020, we'll be racing in the Scusa Winter Series, Pro Tour, and California Pro Car Challenge, as well as the IKF Northwest Region. If you want to fight for championships or want to improve your skills and your chances to win, the answer is to call RPG at 503-260-4514. We do have different levels of programs available for the IKF Sprint Grand Nationals at Pat's Acres on the September 20, 21, 22 weekend. So if you want to get a head start on 2020, come up and join us and take your shot at winning a Duffy, one of the most prestigious trophies in the sport. We're the Rawlson Performance Group. We race to win. With over 35 years of manufacturing experience, Precision Karting Technologies is the leader in American-made components. We produce high-quality products led by our full line of chromoly and mild steel axles. Metric or imperial, standard or custom, we have what you need. Collars, keys, bearings, we're the source for axle components in the USA. We're not just axles either. At PKT, we can manufacture motor mounts, hubs, brake rotors, and even GoPro mounts. We're also the choice for axle and chassis straightening. We've designed a dedicated table for the sole purpose of straightening and laser aligning your chassis. If needed, we have the capability to cut, replace, and weld portions of your chassis as well. Big crash bent your frame? Send it to us. Broke a spindle yoke off in a wreck? We can replace it. You don't need to toss that expensive frame in the trash bin. We can fix it. We can repair and straighten chassis, and we CNC machine the finest carting products in the country. With over 70 dealers throughout the U.S. and Canada, it's easy to choose PKT. Family owned and operated, proudly made in the USA. PKT, what's in your cart? 
Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, episode number 59 of the EKN Debrief. It's Tuesday, November the 9th, just a couple of days off uh, from the second annual Rock the Real event at the Real All Suite Hotel and Casino. David Cole is out there uh, representing eCardingNews.com, and you've obviously seen the coverage we had on the website, and he was uh, cranking out a lot of content as well on social media. Jumping now into the race report, David will, David will give us an update on the categories, walk his way through qualifying heat races, and then give us what he saw in the main events. This, this uh, edition of the race report presented by PSL Karting. The 2019 season marks the 25th anniversary for PSL Karting, North America's importer and distributor for the legendary Burrell Art brand. PSL Karting is your complete source for all things Burrell, providing this top quality product both through their expansive dealer network and through their own pslkarting.com online store. Arrive and Drive programs supported by PSL's experienced staff and in-house engine program are available for all the major U.S. and Canadian events. When you're ready to win, call PSL Karting or visit one of our dealers. All right, David Cole, let's line them up. Time to start talking about the racing you saw when you were down in Vegas. Well, let's begin with what was the last class of the order, but one of the most exciting categories to watch all week uh, shifter rock shifter rock welcoming 42 carts out on the racetrack for every session uh, but really most of the week was uh, paced by two drivers danny formal and matias ramirez ramirez the defending winner and formal uh, runner-up at last year's event these two uh, basically set the tone throughout the week uh, formal struck first with a uh, fast time in qualifying of 46.031 uh, he ended up winning the first heat matias came back and won heat two aboard his gfc for Matt came back in heat three in the formula K to win that one. And then Ramirez won heat four. So it was two for two, uh, two out of two for uh, both drivers or two out of four for both drivers. So uh, they filled up the front row. And once again, both got great hole shots uh, off the line starting on the, uh, on the front row, but uh, a little bit of contact on the opening lap between Jake French, uh, Ryan or Ron White and race Liberante that, that uh, put the two uh, veterans of white and French into the wall. And that allowed Formal and uh, Ramirez to kind of break away early. Uh, Ramirez had actually a pretty good lead um, in the opening laps until a little bit of a mistake on lap five helped bring Formal back into the mix. And the two fought basically each lap for the remainder of the race uh, ended up coming down to the final lap uh, with Formal stealing the lead and then uh, Ramirez was setting up for a charge, but contact with Barrier in the kink heading onto the straightaway basically ended his run at Formal. Uh, that allowed Formal to go on and take the victory. Uh, Ramirez held on, even though he bent his axle pretty badly, uh, to hold on for uh, the second position. Behind them was a great fight for third throughout the race. Uh, Liberante held the position for a little bit, but uh, charging Nick Leduc came up, uh, actually started, up, started back in the uh, seventh position but uh, was able to uh, earn the final step on the podium aboard his Sodi cart. Liberante ended up placing fourth with uh, fellow Rock Island King of the Streets winner, uh, Remo Ruschitti, uh in the Ital cart, finishing fifth. Yeah, a lot of stories going on in the category as well. Obviously, the battle between Formal and the Formula K and Matias Ramirez. You've got the, the guys that have been involved in the sport for so long and, and scooser racing and, and, and shifter racing on the West Coast. You're talking about Greg Bell and Leading Edge Motorsports. you got Gary Carlton and his GFC program. And then you throw in, as you said, you talk about Remo City coming in. That's that new program they've got going, right? Catalyst driver development for Remo and, and Stefan Rudzinski and Scott Hargrove. So imagine a lot of storylines 
not just on the racetrack, but in the paddock as well with teams. But it sounded like it was uh, sounded like everybody was fighting tooth and nail for, for every spot. A lot, a lot of contact, from what you're saying. Not necessarily contact, just just hard racing. Aggressive? You know, nothing, right. Yeah, aggressive driving. Uh, but Kyle Wick was a little bit more aggressive than than the others. He actually crossed the line in the uh, in the fifth position aboard his uh, Rolleston Performance Group Tony Kart. Uh, but a five spot position penalty for a driving infraction dropped him down to 10th. So, uh, yeah, so the Scusa Pro Tour champion was in there. Uh, Formal, a former two time uh, Super Nats winner. Ramirez, Florida Winter Tour champion. LaDuke, obviously a, a, a fast driver on the streets of Lancaster. What's Pro that? Tour winner. Pro Tour, Pro winner, Tour as winner as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Liberante and Remo. You know, again, it was. It was uh, really cool to see the uh, the level of uh, competition there. You had in Jake French, who was there all all week long. Uh, I think just buying his time for the main event, but uh, that contact with Ron White uh, ended his chances at uh, at trying to fight for a victory. And you, you got to love the, the kind of the international flavor, David, all over the place, right? You got Formal, Costa Rica, Ramirez, Florida. Uh, you got Leduc from Northern California, Liberante, what he was California, then like North Carolina, and now Pennsylvania. And then you got Rossini from Canada, a little cross section there too. I like. Yeah, yeah, and a couple of other Florida drivers, uh, Serencino and Hollingshead, who finished sixth and seventh. Zach Pedanici from NorCal, finishing eighth. Yep. Coy Bailey from Phoenix, Kyle Wick from uh, Pacific Northwest, and then Rubens Barrichello ended up finishing eleventh with uh, Jamaican Colin Daly in twelfth. Nice. Uh, all right. So great racing there in Shifter Rock. What what do we have in the senior rock category? Again, just a, a bunch of great names there as well. Well, coming into the event, you, you kind of wanted it to be the Norberg slash Cooper fight. Uh, that was kind of the uh, <laughs> yeah. the what I was hoping to see uh, heading in there Friday, uh, knowing that both Cooper and Norberg are racing in the places where the other one was last year at this time. That's so true. it was kind of an interesting uh, scenario going into the event. De- detail that more, David, because that, that's an interesting thing that you brought up to me But when you were down there. Detail that the teams they kind of were with and, and moved, and that's, I like that. Well, as we well, as we know, for uh, two previous years, Ryan Norberg was under the Burrell Art uh, tent with PSL Karting. He was uh, won two championships there of the his now four that he's won, uh, but at the end of the year was let go by them and was picked up by Rollison Performance Group. Uh, you, you go back to super nationals of 2018, Ben Cooper signed up with Rollison performance group to just come out and do a one-off with them at the super nationals. Ben Cooper actually won the super nationals with Rollison performance group and weeks ago signed with PSL carding and Burrell art to race both this event and the super nationals. So the two have kind of flip-flopped <laughs> kind of gone and passed flip-flopped and and, and pass and uh of course we know ben cooper being a three-time road tax world champion uh from from originally from uh great britain now living in canada so kind of has that dual citizenship still has the uh, the british flag on the helmet uh but resides in in canada now with with him and his family uh so it was yeah so it was it was an interesting you know it was it was the fight we wanted to see uh, but really, Cooper made it not a fight uh, through the uh, through the qualifying and the heat races as as he was uh, pretty dominant early on, setting fast time and qualifying, and then winning the first three heat races. Wow! Uh, follow, so, uh, where was Norberg still in the fight there? Like, what, or was he? So Nor, yeah, Norberg was still in, 
basically Norberg just could not get good starts, uh, was not good early on and would fall back, uh, but uh, was able to uh, to maintain, obviously, top 10 positions and ended up starting the main event in the fifth spot. Cooper didn't go uh, perfect, though, through the heat races as Thomas Naveau was able to get through as his uh, fellow Canadian took the, the final heat race. But Cooper still ended up earning the uh, the pole position for the main event. And you'll like this. The top three starters are all from Canada when you count Cooper, Zachary Clayman DeMello, yeah. and Thomas Naveau. I saw that uh, Zachary Clayman DeMello was out there running. That's uh, obviously a very talented carter for sure. Spent some time in, in Indy Lights and then, of course, ran in the uh, NTT IndyCar Series as well. Back uh, back to the roots, having some fun in karting. Let's talk about the main event itself. Um, you know, in looking at your notes and, and following some of the live timing, it sounded like uh, Ryan Norberg finally got things together in the main event. Yeah, things certainly came together for him. Uh, we saw Cooper jump out to the lead early on, but Norberg was the driver on the charge uh, coming up from, I said, that fifth position and was able to run down Cooper and take over the lead and establish a pretty good lead as Cooper kind of came under attack for the second spot and really fell back to fourth uh, as Norberg kind of ran away. But uh, lap traffic ended up playing a big part in this race. Uh, some drivers got together in one of the 180-degree cor- corners uh, and got going just as the leaders were coming through. Mm. Norberg was not able to kind of no- negotiate them, and the officials were not black flagging them off the racetrack, which is something we saw in all the other categories except they were not able to do it for some reason in this class. Oh, really? And, and Norberg basically got the short end of the stick as he... W- as these lappers and and in all honesty, it falls on them too, because if, if you wreck in a race and, and you know, you've been sitting dead for at least 10 seconds, you got to start looking around, making sure the leaders aren't coming around to lap you. And that's, that's one of the things that these guys did not do. So Norberg had a little bit of issues getting around some of these lappers and that allowed Navo to close up really quickly on him. And it ended up coming uh, full steam on lap 19 when Navo was there on his bumper made an attempt on him at turn 11, basically drove over Norberg, Norberg's uh, right side. Uh, you could see the tire uh, marks that uh, Naveau's cart left all over his, his uh, side pod. The two kept going, got through the last corner out into the main straight, and the two started making a little bit more contact side by side down the straightaway. That continued on into turn one, and then as they went through turn one, basically they wrecked each other. Oh, God. So, All right. so that's uh, so that ended both their chances at the victory. This now moved uh, Diego Ramos, the Brazilian, up into the lead as he was now getting challenged by Jacob Gulick and Ben Cooper. So those these three basically paced the uh, paced the way for the final few laps. Gulick tried a couple of times on Ramos. Ramos was able to defend really well. This allowed Cooper to slip through for for second on the final circuit. And that essentially gave Ramos the victory as he was able to cruise uh, unchallenged to the checkered flag. Uh, so that put Cooper in second. Gulick, a solid third place finish for him. Uh, Axel Cabrera ended up moving up 16 spots to finish fourth uh, with uh, nice. a guy we know, Jake Craig, uh, coming back into the seat now f- after months being out, uh, racing up to fifth. So, uh, obviously, you know, you get a heated battle like that for a race win coming around, you know, t- near the end, final couple laps, uh, anything happen afterwards, the heated words or what? I was not there to, uh, to see anything happen after the ra- or, you know, yeah. after it happened because Norberg was, uh, I think Norberg was able to go to the scales and, and I think Navo was stuck on the, uh, 
stuck inside the racetrack. So I think they were kind of separated at that. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't sure anything happened in the paddock. I did see, uh, Coy from PSL and Mike, uh, Rollison from Rollison performance group, uh, having a little chat there during the podium okay. ceremonies. Uh, so, you know, just obviously talking about the scenario and things that happened. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it, it'll probably, I, I think this will be something that may carry <laughs> over. <laughs> Hope or may? <laughs> I don't know. I don't hope it. No, I, I, you know, I don't, again, the contact Naveau made was not smart. It wasn't a smart okay. move. It was a ill attempt at yeah. a pass ran over Norberg and then Norberg just was had enough of it and was like, you're trying to take me out on the straightaway. And, you know, I think they, they just finally had enough of each other type scenario. Like see so, some uh, video of that. Would I ever like to see that? <laughs> it would have been great. Yeah. I was just not in the right I saw the contact, but as they went, they went away from me down the front straightaway. So that's all I could see was from, from the back view uh, and was unable to see. That was one of the things about the racetrack. Uh, there, there isn't exactly a position on the racetrack that you can see everything oh, okay. the way it has laid out, uh, even in the VIP, uh, area that they had, uh, that was elevated. Um, some of the tents that were for tech blocked turns two and three. So you couldn't, so that's where we couldn't, you couldn't even see through there. Okay. Um, but yeah, that, so that if there was one thing to fix, that would be it. You kind of need that one position to be able to see everything. But uh, the way the track's laid out, it's very hard to do that. Let's move to uh, the Shifter Master Rock category. We already did the Shifter Rock class. David, based on your EK and Trackside Live coverage and all your social media updates, it just seemed to me like Ryan Kinnear had things flat handled in that class. Yeah, Kinnear definitely had everything uh, on point. Him and uh, Jordy Vorath and the Phil Giebler racing crew on the Ricardo had uh, everything working well. Kinnear was able to qualify first, win all four of his heat races. One of the heat races, he had a really bad start. I was I was talking with somebody, and we couldn't really tell if it was a start or if it was a false start and because he just got off the line so bad. Uh, but luckily, he was able to come through and, and come back and win that race. Uh, but uh, in the main event, it was all him. He uh, led wire to wire, uh, completing the sweep on the week to uh, to earn the victory. Um, his, his lead challenger all week long was Jordan Musser. Musser was right there throughout the event, uh, basically P2, uh, throughout all the heat races and was running second, but really it was, uh, but in the end, uh, Mike Beanie making, uh, his first start at rock the Rio, uh, typically tuning for, uh, Hannah Greenemeyer got back behind the wheel and, uh, was able to charge his way up from, uh, starting eighth to finish second, taking that, uh, runner up position from Musser. Nice job for Beanie. Well done. So Muster ended up third, Rod Clenard fourth, and Kevin Woods rounding out the top five. Uh, congratulations to Ryan Kinnear, though, to be able to go in and and, and beat that lineup. Because there's you're talking about a pretty stout lineup for those top five drivers and, and a good field overall in the in the Masters Rock category. Dave, there was 33 drivers in the field. Yeah, we and I was joking around uh watching the uh the practice on Wednesday here from home. Uh you had Kinnear, you have Kinnear, Musser, Ryan Yop, uh Mike Beanie. These these That's were all guys who Ben Shermerhorn, uh, Travis Irving. These are all guys who used to race ICC at Stars of Karting back in like say 2006, 2007. So uh, the, yeah, they're uh, they've made their way to the elder age of age group, and uh, they, but they still got they still got to race the guys like Robert Marks and 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 Bonner Moulton and some of these really fast old guys. 
So uh, it's interesting to see how everything unfolds. And, and yeah, 33 drivers, uh, definitely an increase from last year. And I think uh, we'll see more and more Masters drivers uh, joining the race next year. Well, 33 drivers in Masters Shifter Rock, 33 drivers in the Master Rock, the single speed category as well. I can throw the names out here, guys that we've been talking about over the last however many years, one of them in particular, many, many years being being Billy Cleveland, but Renato Jader-David, Vachit Tatikian, Eric Jackson, Eric Molinati, Scott Falcone, Rob Kozakowski, a lot of guys that we've been talking about for the last number of years, David, in Masters Rock. And Based on, uh, obviously, your coverage in the notes, Billy Cleveland get out of the gate, but uh, Shadr David, Renato, always very strong. Yeah, there was a lot of, uh, there was, <clears throat> excuse me, it was uh, it was the Brazilian that was really showing the way throughout the week. Uh, he was, Even though he didn't qualify on pole, was able to jump out and win uh, the first three heat races. But uh, things started to amp up once we got to heat number four. <laughs> Uh, and guys started getting a little aggressive, including uh, fellow uh, Brazilian Danilo Ramila. Uh, he was able to come through and score the victory uh, in heat number four. So that kind of helped move him up. But uh, Renato was still able to secure the pole position. But the two Brazilians started on the front row. And I'm not sure if these guys have a past history or not. But uh, essentially, these guys raced each other really hard in the early laps and eventually led to them making contact in lap 11. And that shuffled everything up, not to mention the opening circuit, which was almost a complete disaster. Um, as we saw, basically, Team USA getting take, taking each other out in the opening corner. Uh, Cleveland, Tim Meyer and Paul Bonilla, all veterans of the sport, uh, starting fourth, fifth and sixth. Got through turn one fine, but as they went through turn two, uh, some contact happened between them. They pushed off all into the outside of the barriers, which kind of shrunk the track a little bit. And then about midway through the pack, somebody got sideways, and that essentially blocked the racetrack. And you got guys starting 30th that are just coming in and smashing into everybody stopped on the racetrack. So I think there was about five to eight carts that were just stuck right there for at least 30 seconds before Uh, They were able to clear the racetrack. But uh, back to the race up front, as I said, uh, Renato and Ramilo uh, made a lot of contact, took both of each other out of the lead. This moved uh, Magno Gia, and never seen him or heard of his name before. But uh, uh, he was another Brazilian that was there racing. He was able to take the lead with Scott Falcone moving up to second. Now, Falcone's was an interesting story. Uh, as he kind of struggled throughout the week, uh, was able to qualify second, but got in, you know, just continued to fall back and back and back, ended up starting the the main event in 14th. Uh, but uh, he was able he was able to race the he did the double uh, entry program where he raced, he paid for his entry in senior. So he actually made some changes for the senior main event, went out and raced it. And I talked to him after he said, yeah, man, we made some great changes, felt really good. And it showed in the, in the master rock final, because I mean, he was, he was among one of the quickest carts out there to be able to not only get through the wreck to move him up, but, uh, you know, the, then the leaders getting together, moved him up even further and got him in the second. And then eventually Falcone was able to take over the lead. Wow. Okay. How's it all finish up? Well, as I said, it was kind of a cluster with a K as uh, <laughs> contact was seemed to be the, uh, the, the, the scenario throughout the race. So Falcone and uh, Magno were racing for the lead heading into uh, the final lap. 
they go back and forth throughout the final lap. They're coming into turn 11 and the two make contact. Both get sent out into the wall. At the same time, Vache Tatikian had moved himself up into third because of the con- the continuing racing between Renato Jatter David and Ramillo. They wreck going into turn 11. So we have four carts now in the top five wrecked in turn 11. This what? allows Vache Tatikian to just slide through, take the lead, and lead the final lap, or basically the final corner, to score the victory. I, I couldn't... What? I. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to explain it because you had to see it to believe it, really, to be honest. I mean, turn 11 was was the place you wanted to watch. Thankfully, they had a good standing platform where everybody could watch in that section where a lot of the mechanics would stand. So they got to see it all firsthand. And it was, like I said, there there has to be something between Renato and Ramilo to to make them want to wreck each other three or four times throughout the main event. So you're saying there's some there's history. There's got to be figure. some history. I mean, they're both from Brazil. They got to know each other somehow. And yeah, and they just could you. not get away from each other. So they wreck. Falcone was able to get restarted and actually came across the line in second. But he was penalized two spots for starting infraction. Ramillo was able to keep going even though uh, Renato drove over his front. But him, Renato driving over him probably gave him a pushback bumper. So he was penalized. That dropped him from third to 10th. So now we got to look at, okay, who who else finished this race? So Eric Jackson was promoted then to second on the VME. Eric Molinati on the CRG was promoted to third. Falcone was dropped to fourth. And Rob Kozakowski ended up finishing fifth in the Xperia. Well, you know, we always say that the Masters drivers sometimes will, will run a little cleaner because they know they have to work on Monday. But I guess because the race was on Saturday, they all figured they'd be able to recover on Sunday, then get to work on Monday because that's, <laughs> you know, that that's a good point. We didn't, I didn't right? even think about that. I wonder because that's uh sounds like a bit of a disaster if you ask me. It it really was up front. Uh, and most of the, most of the racing was pretty good in the category, but that I mean, I think if you want to single out one race that you want to exclude from the from the event, aside from Vache probably not wanting to exclude it, but uh, <laughs> that was it because because it was just I, I mean it was it was dramatic, but you don't want to see you know races being uh, decided by four carts getting no, wrecked in one never. corner in two separate incidents. Exactly, exactly. Guys, guys get to the end. Uh, okay, so we, we did a couple of masters categories. We did the, the the big pro senior classes. Let's let's cap off this particular section before we go to our next break, David. With the uh, with the junior rock class again, we we talked about how great of numbers we had in junior rock. Forty six drivers in total. Give us kind of a, a breakdown of, of who was quick. It seems to me by your notes, there were some drivers uh, coming in from you know the international competition, Brazil, whatever it may be. Because yeah, there's a couple names we know from American racing. There's a couple of names of guys we don't get to see a lot of either. Will you give me uh, five bucks if I can say this name right? Because I, Guillermo? Just, I think just Guillermo, I would say. Guillermo? Guillermo. 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 Figurito. 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 There we go. go. All right. Good. So, (laughs) so yes, he began the event as the uh, top qualifier and won the opening heat race, but we knew. But we knew uh, we were going to see some U.S. drivers up there. Luca Mars was going to be one of them. Uh, he ended up scoring the victory in heat number two. But Figueroa, Figueroa, Figueroa. See, I got to write it like I want to say it. That would That's make it. Phonetically. Yep. Good call. 
So he was able to come back and win heat three and heat four. But after heat four, he was uh, removed from the event or from the results uh, following tech uh, when they uh, reviewed his CCs on the engine. So that dropped the uh, that win away from him and moved Connor Zillage into the win on that. So he was he was basically uh, marked to be on the pole position. But that just so that disqualification dropped him down to 13th on the grid and moved Luca Mars and Enrico De Luca into the front row. The front row drivers were able to get away. Uh, De Luca was uh, the leader of majority of the races. Mars kind of settled in on his uh, rear bumper um, as the two Americans kind of just pulled away from the rest of the group. Uh, Their race ended up on the final again on the final circuit uh, going back and forth. Um, with, uh, De Luca able to, uh, edge out Mars at the Vic, at the, at the checkered flag in a photo finish. The only one we had, uh, in the main events, uh, four hundredths of a second separating the two with De Luca, uh, earning wow. the victory. Um, Connor Zillage started in the third position, but fell back early on and was able to fight his way back into that spot to, uh, to close out the podium. Uh, Alessandro De Trillo. Ended up fourth with, uh, fig- say it again, Figueroa uh, up to fifth after starting 13th. So a good drive back. Oh, yes. I was going to say, so started 13th after that, that last heat race. Good for him to be able to get back up there. That's nice. All right, folks, uh, let's go to our next our break. We've got a couple more breaks in. David's still got to give us the update on 100cc senior, 100cc junior, 100cc masters. Mini Rock and Micro Rock. Then we'll wrap things all up with the Constructors Championship Breakdown, and we'll have a look at the EKN Trackside Live race calendar. For now, what will essentially be one more race here in, uh, in 2019, and then we'll start talking about what we're doing at the start of next year. Stick with us, folks. More to come here from the EKN Debrief, the Rock the Rio review on the EKN Radio Network. Hey, everyone. This is Chris Wheeler from Bell Helmets. Bell Racing USA is now the official helmet of Supercarts USA. You can find our newest line of products such as the Carbon KC7 CMR, the only carbon fiber belt helmet approved with a CMR rating in the entire world during the 2019 season by visiting PSL Karting on-site at all SCUSA events. Check us out online, www.bellracing.com or on social media by following at HQ. The 2019 season has been an exciting year for Rock Cup USA, and the schedule is set to close out its biggest event on the calendar, Rock the Rio. Rockers will converge on the Rio All Suites Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas to celebrate Halloween week, competing at this premier international event on October 28th to November 2nd, all around a challenging temporary circuit with the Las Vegas Strip in the background. Rock Cup USA programs are wrapping up their 2019 seasons across the country, including the Rock the Rockies in Colorado, Rock Sonoma, and California Rock Championships in California, and many other clubs across North America. Learn more about the Rock the Real event and all things that are rock at rockcupusa.com. Carts, parts, engines, tires, and tools at sharkshifter.com. What you need is just a click away. We carry the biggest names in chassis, like Tony Kart and FA, DR Kart, CRG, and VLR. We have new chassis and all the parts you need. At SharkShifter.com, 
We also stock top quality replacement parts from Swift Components, like axles, sprockets, and hubs. We have the inventory you need for your stock Honda as well, from cylinders, heads, and engine parts, to reeds, exhaust pipes, ignition covers, radiators, air filters, and air boxes. We build our own billet aluminum components as well, including motor mounts and clutch levers. Need to add to your toolbox? We offer alignment tools, brake, battery, and exhaust tools, tire gauges, and hand tools. Stop messing around getting your seat in the right position. We have a seat mounting system that makes it easy. Check the website for monthly specials. If you need it, we can get it to you fast. We ship the same day. Sharkshifter.com, your online source for carts and parts. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. My name's Rob Howden, but essentially letting David Cole do the heavy lifting here today uh, as he was the one who made the trek to Las Vegas last weekend on the Friday and Saturday to provide EKN trackside live coverage of the second running of the Rock the Rio event. Uh, some great numbers, oh, 310, I believe, in total. Uh, a strong increase from last year's event. Uh, David, this uh, race report presented by PSL Karting. Uh, we've done a bunch of categories. Let's jump into 100cc and talk about the 100cc senior class. Well, I should have mentioned this a little bit in the in the track uh, discussion, uh, but in the 100cc categories, draft was oh so was important. Uh, ba- you know, it's such a long straightaway. Uh, when you think about it, uh, they would come out of turn two. And they would basically be flat out all the way from that end of the parking lot all the way to the other end of the parking lot. And we know how long wow. that parking yeah. lot is. And so the the 100cc categories, they were flat out. And like we said, shifters were almost up to 90 miles an hour at the end of the straightaway. So you got so you, just thinking about how much time those 100cc engines were on the gas full yeah. throttle was a lot and and so draft played a, a heavy part in in the uh categories throughout the weekend uh, but jake drew seemed to be the driver to beat uh setting a fast time and qualifying and winning the opening three heat races he however was shuffled back to the second spot in heat number four as austin osborne was able to recover from a couple of mishaps in the opening heat races they did run the progressive format so wherever you finished in heat one started you in heat two yeah. and etc so Osborne was able to work his way up from a couple issues in the opening heat races to win that fourth heat. Uh, but Drew was still able to secure the pole position. And starting alongside him was Jensen Oltzman, the defending race winner. So they led the field to the green flag. And it was those two, along with Billy Musgrave, uh, making his basically his third 100cc start in his career, having raced uh, the LAKC and the Tri-C races just a couple weeks beforehand. So the uh, one of the top shifter chart drivers in the country uh, raced the uh, 100cc senior category to uh, to help the croc promotion kind of uh, set up a new uh, pr- uh, prototype chassis for yeah. that category. So those three were able to break away uh, for the majority of the race. Drew was out front nearly every lap until the final lap when the when the uh, the driver started to dice it up for the victory. Drew ran the defensive line down the back stretch, but as I said before, drafting was everything, and Altsman went with Musgrave. And basically the two almost passed Drew both on the outside going into the, the uh, corner at the end of the straightaway, but Drew pushed wide on the at the apex. That put Musgrave out into the marbles, 
And Altsman was able to uh, to make the over under move under both of them and grab the grab the lead and then was able to go unchallenged to the checkered flag for his second straight victory in the category. Wow. Good for him. So uh, what uh, Drew ends up in second uh, Musgrave third. Drew second, Musgrave third. Osborne was uh, a few seconds back in the fourth position. And then Henry Fall's hand was uh, capped off the top five. We talked about the fact that uh, these categories, uh, pretty solid numbers. The senior category having a 19 in total, a good baseline to move forward. Uh, David, 100cc, the junior class, actually new for 2019, as you had mentioned in the overview. 20 drivers in the junior category. Yes, 20 drivers in the category, I believe all but two or three on the VLR engine, as that uh, was the engine of choice for the junior category drivers. Uh, It was a little bit of a mix-up throughout the week. Uh, Really, Nobody really stood out uh, as the driver to beat. Uh, Adam Maxwell was was able to secure the fast time in qualifying, uh, but he was only able to win one heat race, and that was heat four. Uh, Jorge Ortiz won the opening heat race, and then Max Opalski, who you saw at the streets of Lancaster, win twice there, both in KA100 and in the X30 categories. He won yeah. the uh, second heat race and third heat race. So it kind of shuffled things around when it uh, when they added up all the points. So Ortiz and Opalski were on the uh, front row with uh, Maxwell starting third. But in the main event, it was all Ortiz. Ortiz was able to jump out to the lead. And for some reason, nobody wanted to work together in that fight for second to be able to keep up with Ortiz and Ortiz. Even with the draft? Even with the draft. No, I'm talking like passing every corner. I mean, it was it really? was an aggressive fight for second. And Ortiz was oh. Ortiz was like, Christmas came early. And, and, and so. basically just led the entire way, or almost the entire way, oh, wow. uh, after assuming the lead after a couple of laps in and drove away to a, a solid victory ahead uh, of uh, Opal- Opalski, who was able to secure the second spot. Uh, great drive for Alex Bird up from fifth to third. Uh, Chloe Chambers came from, where did I say, 10th up into fourth. So she gained six spots in the main event. And then Cole Schrader uh, ended up finishing in fifth. Wow, good to see a bunch of different drivers up front. And yeah, we, we watched what Opalski was able to do at the streets of Lancaster, transferring that over here to the Rock the Rio event. Uh, we expect he's going to challenge... Uh, uh, for the event at the Supernats as well. But congrats to Ortiz for getting that big victory. And uh, yeah, I could, you can just imagine, David, him looking over his shoulder, right? Knowing that the kind of the, the way these races have played out in the in the 100cc categories, that you're probably a sitting duck if you're out front like that with the draft behind you and then having them battle. I just, I'm so surprised. I, I'm, I can imagine the tuners on on <laughs> the side of the track losing their minds that they were racing like that. Oh, for sure. I mean, he he almost had a four second gap out the checkered wow. flag in in a matter of uh, I believe it was twenty laps. So, uh, yeah, it was. I was watching it like, are you guys really fighting? I, I was doing it. I, I if I would have been coaching, I would have been furious. Let's talk about the hundred cc masters category. Jonathan Silva, obviously very strong, qualified on the pole with a fifty one point five one nine. But through the heat races, at least the first three heat races, he was very good as well. Yeah, Silva, the defending race winner uh, in the master category that raced last year. So Silva was, of course, one of the top contenders going in and was certainly proving it, as you said, winning the first heat th- three heat races. 
Uh, but Tim Mayer, who did uh, double duty, actually running yeah, the okay. Master Rock and 100cc Master uh, under uh, Leading Edge Motorsports tent aboard the Cosmic, he was able to uh, to break up that perfect street for Silva, uh, winning that uh, fourth heat race. But Silva was uh, on the pole position with uh, Colby Wallace starting alongside him and Tim Mayer uh, starting from the third spot. They were joined by Rob Kazakowski, another double duty driver racing uh, both master category. So those four basically made, uh, made up the lead group and we were expecting to see Silva kind of break away, but he couldn't uh, as the other three kept pace with him. And so Silva was leading with uh, Wallace running second. Mayer, Meyer was third and probably the move of the event had to be when Meyer made the, uh, the jump from third to first at the end of the straightaway, going both past Wallace and Silva before reaching the apex. It was a great late break move. Just it was almost Ron White esque, where it was just you know how deep can you go? And yep. and uh, Meyer was able to hold it, get get out of the corner, hold the lead, and then uh, was able to fend off any other challenges that uh, Wallace and Kazakowski had uh, leading up to the checkered flag to uh, to earn the victory. I saw on uh, on social media, David, that uh, Silva had a broken reed. I believe that probably mid race kind of thing or late race broken reed. Yeah, it just. Yeah, it seemed to be his. The engine just wasn't running yeah. the same as it was throughout the week, uh, so that uh, obviously played havoc to him in that uh, in that main event. But he did end up finishing fourth uh, behind Kazakowski uh, with uh, Ricardo Aruda. Uh, again, good running, fourth. good uh, good numbers in the 100 cc categories for Rock the Rio. Let's cap things off, David. A couple more uh, classes still to go. Mini Rock and Micro Rock. Uh, micro was with some pretty good numbers. Uh, this particular event as well. I think micro what thirty five. I think thirty six actually entries this particular uh, th- this particular season. Yeah, probably mini in the mini category. Mini, yes. and, mini. and it seemed to me, and you know, we were again. Uh, it's Saturday. You know, I was I'm, I'm in Indianapolis. I was actually helping to perform the wedding for Gabby Chavez and his his new wife. But we were tr- we're watching social media as much as we could, right, <laughs> to see to find out what you guys were doing out there. And I watched, I was able to watch most of this one here. And it seemed to me like a two driver battle come main event time, but let's start with qualifying before we talk about the kind of fight between Kai Sorensen and Caleb Gaffera. Yeah. Ricardo in was uh, setting the fast time and qualifying and won the opening heat race. Uh, but as you said, Sorensen, Kai Sorensen and Caleb Graffar ended up being the, uh, the top two contenders uh, following that Sorensen winning heat two. And then Graffar came on really late uh, in the day, uh, winning both Heat Three and Heat Four to uh, to wrap up Friday's events. Uh, but so, so that put uh, Graffar on the front row. But it was actually Cameron Weinberg who was set to start second. But something happened with Cameron, and he was unable to make oh, any no. laps in the main event. Uh, I'm not sure if there was something on the grid. I we didn't. I didn't really. It wasn't able to because it was kind yeah. of back to back races. Uh, it was, it was only the second main event. So we're kind of getting the flow of how everything was going with the podiums and, and, and leaving the grid and so such forth. So, um, I was, I wasn't quite sure if something happened to, to Cameron, uh, in the warm up or if something happened on grid. So, uh, so that essentially gave Kai Sorensen who started third, the clean run to, uh, to Graffar and the two kind of locked up together and were able to drive away from the rest of the field. So we knew it was going to be a great duel uh, leading up to the last lap. And it was uh, basically the two went back and forth, corner to corner, uh, swapping the lead. Uh, And eventually it was settled in turn 11 as Sorensen was able to uh, move 
to uh, clinch with the over under and uh, beat beat uh, Grafar to turn 12 and got the run down to the checkered flag to uh, to score the victory over Grafar. So uh, Sorensen, your Florida winter tour uh, champion or adding another yeah. title to his resume uh, for the 2019 season, uh, beating Grafar there to the checkered flag. And excuse me. Say I don't know. Again. I would. I don't know what I'd say there, Dave. Ionello. Ionello. Yes, that's what I was trying there to say. Uh, ended up finishing in the third spot. Uh, Sebastian Garzan up nine spots to fourth, and Anderson Leonard a good run to fifth, up three. Spots. Yeah, most definitely a strong season for Kai Sorensen. His third uh, year in the mini mini category, whether it's mini rock or mini swift, he's obviously uh, he's got the racecraft, he's got the speed, and and looking to cap off the season to keep adding to the resume before he moves into the junior categories. And then on the other end of the spectrum, right, you've got Caleb Gaffera who just moved up from the micro category to mini. They're kind of at different times. Uh, on their on their, you know, their 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 ladder forward, of course, we know Kyle will be moving to junior next year. Caleb uh, another year of, uh, in the in the mini category, but yeah, uh, impressive for Sorensen. Another race win for him, a big one, of course, not just a, a regional win. Able to win here at the Rock the Rio event. So, David, cap it all off for us. The youngest drivers in the paddock, seventeen in total in the micro rock class. Well, it's funny you say the youngest because the youngest driver of them all is Kai Kai Johnson okay. at not even seven years old yet. So wow. obviously going to be turning seven years old, I believe, by the end of the year. Uh, Kai Johnson, six years old, older brother Nikita uh, racing junior. Mm-hmm. Uh, so cool little brother uh, duo there racing there uh, from Florida. Uh, so he was able to, uh, to to be the youngest driver ever at the Rock the Rio, earning the Micro Rock Championship or victory. Uh, it was a great little four driver battle. Uh, you had Johnson there with, uh, Carson Weinberg, Oliver, Oliver Weldon, and, uh, probably a familiar name, Jordan DeLeo. No, oh, man. Don't even I know it makes me. you feel old. Doesn't it? I covered his dad <laughs> when his dad was nine. So that's yep. how long I've been. Yeah. But, yeah all right. Yeah. Daniel Del- DeLeo. Yep. Jordan was actually the top qualifier, <laughs> uh, but it was Enzo Vidmontania. Von- Vidmontien. Vidmontien. That's what Uh, I say. Vidmontien. Won the opening two heat races. Johnson won the second two heat races. Uh, So uh, it was... uh, Oh, oh my God. I look wrong sheet. So Johnson was on the front row with Enzo. uh, But Enzo had a little issue uh, during the main event. And he was dropped down along with uh, Louis Amana, who was started up in third. Uh, he led okay. also early as well. He had some issues, so that kind of shuffled up the, the lead group to uh, the four drivers I, I talked about earlier. Uh, DeLeo was actually running second to Johnson for the majority of the race, but the final lap, uh, DeLeo was shuffled back down to fourth as uh, Weinberg and Weldon were able to move up ahead of him before the checkered flag. And uh, Jacoby, Jacobo Vega ended up finishing in fifth. Overall, pretty good racing in the micro rock class. I always like to ask that because you know you, you want to see the strategy, you want to see the racecraft, you know, start there and grow moving forward. We, you know, we see the kids in micro, I mean, rather mini. David, you, you talked about the masters drivers battling each other and senior guys wrecking each other, but it's funny sometimes the best racecraft, the best race strategy we see is right from the kids in micro and mini who like uh, Sorensen and Gaffera don't battle each other. They work together. They pull away and they race amongst themselves. Was that kind of what we saw in the micro class as well? I actually didn't get to see a full, that full last lap. I only heard it. I was actually inside the uh, container where our media tent was. All right. uh, so I, I was, I was, 
I was listening to uh, the announcer. Um, oh gosh, I can't think of his name now again. Um, I was listening to him call it as uh, as we were getting ready. Um, it was yeah, just timing of that. But, but overall, um, race wise, just just the full before race. Before then, yeah. before that, yes, before that, yes, it was uh, it was fairly clean. Again, these young kids are just uh, you know they're six, seven, eight, maybe I believe yeah. nine years old as well too. Just you know, just trying to figure out the racecraft and and how everything works. And yeah, no, overall it was uh, it was pretty good for well, the. Well, nicely kids. done for Kai Johnson. Like you said, we got another Johnson in the midst. Nikita, obviously a tremendous young driver. We've watched come through. Good to start watching Kai Johnson as well. He is the winner in the Micro Rock class. That is the wrap up, folks. Class by class from David Cole. Having been down there at the Rock the Rio event at the Rio All Suite Hotel and Casino, the ECAN trackside live coverage. We'll be doing it again in a couple of weeks' time for the Scusa uh, Super Nationals. One more break, folks, and we'll cap things up. David will come back and do a, a breakdown of the, the Constructors' Championship. He'll let us know which chassis were able to find their way to the top of the box at this particular event in Las Vegas. Stick with us. More to come. We'll cap off the debrief after these messages. Le Mans, Daytona, Sebring. The most legendary endurance races in the world where man and machine pushed the limits of physics in an attempt to beat their competition and the clock. Are you ready to take on this challenge yourself? Well, the SimCraft 24 Hours of Orlando Karting event returns for 2020 with USAC Karting. Get out of the winter and into the Florida sun with a new date on February 1st and 2nd at the Orlando Kart Center. With a field already exploding after the 2019 event, there are less than 10 entry spots remaining. It's going to be an exciting event with factory and dealer-supported entries from DR Kart, CRG Kart, TV Kart, Praga, Margay, GP, Mac Minarelli, Tony Kart, and Cosmic. Don't miss your chance. To register a team, head to 24hrsoforlando.com to find the rules and the event schedule. Once you're ready, you can save your spot with a $600 deposit to hold your place in the largest 24-hour carning event in North America. Are you looking for a new card shop, one that treats you like you're an important customer? If so, look no further than Acceleration Car Racing. At Acceleration, customer service is number one. We are a full-time carding business, not a hobby or an afterthought. We have all the products you're looking for, from kit carts to shifters, safety to speed. We strive to offer our customers the best products, prices, and service. At Acceleration Kart Racing, we're always here when you need something for your racing program. Located in Las Vegas, Acceleration is stocked with a wide range of products. We've been helping racers get the right parts for over 16 years. Acceleration has everything that a kart racer needs, from turnkey carts to safety equipment, engines and more, stocking all of the leading kart racing brands. Here's a taste of the products that we carry every day. CRG, Tony Kart, Bennett, Rotax, Honda, IAMI, MG Tires, Vinco, Bridgestone, Mojo, Alpine Stars, Sparco, Ribtech and EVS, Tillet, Micron, Alfano, Bell, Arai, Zamp, KG, Sniper, Sweet Tech, and KNN. It doesn't matter where you live in the country. We will get you what you need so you can get back on the track. 
Acceleration has a sufficient supply of products to ensure that your order can be shipped the very same day. Our knowledgeable staff is available to help customers six days a week, and ordering online is open 24 hours a day at shopakr.com. For visitors and locals in the Las Vegas area, Acceleration has a large showroom full of the best kart racing products available. Come on in and check it out. To find out more about what Acceleration has to offer, visit shopakr.com. Again, shopakr.com. And make sure to sign up to be on our mailing list to receive the latest updates and promotions that we send throughout the season. Again, we're a one-stop shop. Shopakr.com. You probably know Nitro Kart for making a class-leading cadet chassis. The kart that swept the 2018 Scusa Supernats cadet divisions and has won scores of races and championships all over the country. But did you know that Nitro Kart offers a full range of carts, including a kid kart and a brand new full-size chassis? Now racers of all ages can enjoy the Nitro Kart advantage of premium components, superior performance, and a wide range of tunable handling. All 2019 Nitro Karts are in stock now, so call Nick Tucker at 704-818-7868 and order yours today. Hi, I'm Ashley Rojero, a multi-time international champion, but most kids know me as coach. Under the tent, we aren't just friends. Everyone grows to become family. It all breaks down to two simple choices. You can either spend your time winning with us or spend your time trying to beat us. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. Rob Howden and David Cole. David, of course, doing all the work here today as he was the one that was trackside for us uh, at the Rock the Rio event. David, let's cap things off. Let's have a look at the Constructors' Championship because it appears that six different brands able to score victories down in Vegas. Yes, so let's let's stop all the rumors. It wasn't all OTK victories, <laughs> as everybody would assume. Uh, but they did. Three of the brands did score victories. Uh, Tony Kart did end up leading the way with three victories. Uh, Ricciardo with uh, Ryan Kinnear and Vache Tatikian. Those they scored two victories. Cosmic two of their own. Formula K with the Danny Formal win earned their one victory. Expre with one, and then Energy with uh, Kaya Johnson uh, scoring the victory in micro. Any more notes constructors wise? Like, was there, did it feel like there was a lot of different brands there? Well, I think I think more so it was noticeable in the shifter categories, yeah. especially in shifter rock. It was uh, it was we were standing there waiting for the race to start, and even Mark French kind of mentioned it. And I something I had noticed during the heat races was was the diversity of all the shifter brand or sh- chassis brands that were uh, towards the front. So if when you look at the shifter rock category, they had 10 different brands in the top 12 of the grid. So wow. uh, okay. <laughs> very diverse uh, representation there uh, in the shifter rock category. So you were up for up 24 hours when you got there. I know we talked before we came on here. You didn't get much sleep. You're not feeling well. You got a bit of a cold here right now, but it, it's obviously, you know, it's all digested now overall. Let's, let's wrap it up. Give me your thoughts on, on how the, how the, uh, the couple of days went for you there. Well, one thing to mention uh, to wrap kind of the event, uh, all the all the uh, podium finishers won money. Uh, it was twenty five hundred to win, and I <clears throat> I believe it was thousand for second. Uh, I can't. I, I should have wrote down the figures. I forgot what they were, but uh, cash prizes for all ten categories. So wow, okay. Uh, so big. Uh, so it was you know kind of a 
a monumental thing to to be able to get on the podium and and walk away with some cash but uh some dough yeah. uh overall yeah it was great racing in the main events on saturday um i enjoyed the format of having the first five classes run their warm up and main events and then we had the second group of five categories run their warm up and main events so it kind of allowed us to kind of catch our breaths and and regroup for the second half of the okay. main events uh i really did like that um, so where it wasn't just bang, 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 because yeah. 10 races, a lot to, uh, to kind of digest and, uh, to, to, to kind of remember and go back and focus on, on what's going on. And it allows people to kind of leave early. I know, I know, uh, certain temporary events or, or e- events we go to, nobody's allowed to leave, but those in the, in the early morning sessions were able to get on the road and actually leave. I don't know why you're in Vegas. It's like, Hey, come on, let's go party Saturday. But, uh. Saturday yeah. night, come on. <laughs> but, right. uh, exactly. You took a drive yeah, home on but, Sunday. Come I on. mean, hey, if you live in in Southern California, you're, you're there by min, by uh, dinner time, maybe. So, true enough. Yeah, uh, true, but yeah, true. so yeah, I liked I liked that uh, part of the uh, event format. Um, four heat races is a lot, but uh, you know, they were the 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 crew did a great job of getting all. 30 heat races done uh, and not needing to bring in lights uh, before the sun actually went down to get them all in and only cut a few laps here and there, not too many. So that was good. Um, And it's definitely with, you know, as we talked about earlier with the numbers, uh, almost 50% uh, growth from 2018 to 2019 in terms of the event. Uh, And growth is something that we're seeing continue on with the Rock Cup USA program, you know, adding more series and clubs, uh, for, with a engine platform. And so I expect, uh, 2020 to be another year of growth, uh, for rock cup USA, especially in the Western half of the country. There you have it, folks. David Cole providing his review of this year's Rock the Real event. As we said from the top, and we talked about the Rock, the, or rather the, uh, the Rock Cup USA being our, our presenting sponsor for this podcast. You got the Florida Winter Tour, three races in Florida. You got the Challenge of the Americas, three races uh, as a winter program in January, February, and March. Uh, Challenge of the Americas on the West Coast. Uh, definitely some opportunity to uh, to keep racing here uh, when the snow falling in the northern half of this country. We're going to wrap things up here, folks. The EK and Trackside Live race calendar. We hit a lot of races this year, 24, 25 in total. And we'll give you an opportunity to kind of let you know where we're going to be over the next couple of months. This edition of the race calendar presented by Streeter Superstands. With decades of experience and an unbeatable reputation, Streeter Superstands leads the way in quality, innovation, and affordable lifts, stands, and an amazing selection of trailer and shop accessories to make you the envy at every event. From local club racers and regional warriors to the top pro tour teams, racers demand the best, and Streeter Superstands builds it. Roll the best and shop online at StreeterSuperstands.com. All right, David Cole, one more EK and Trackside Live event uh, this year. It's the November 20 to 24 Scusa Super Nationals, number 23 in Las Vegas. They're going to be pushing 500 entries at the event. You'll have a couple of back-to-back weekends, like you said. You, uh, it's the first time you've been down to that race, that venue, without it being a Super National. So you said a little surreal, a little different for you. But Super Nationals 23 coming around the corner. We're going to be rolling it out. You'll be doing previews. We'll be doing our our, our, you know, our live video debriefs on Facebook, more interviews, a lot of great stuff coming for that event, but Super Nats right around the corner. Yeah, we have we will have 10 previews 
coming up, uh, covering the 12 categories that will be racing. Obviously, there will be 10 race groups, so we're going to just do 10 race previews. Um, We're going to also be – I don't think you mentioned this. We're going to add a couple of preview podcasts uh, that we're going to play up on uh, ECAN Radio Network and then be available – probably within a day or two. So you'll be able to listen before you get to uh, if maybe even on the plane uh, as Perfect. you're heading to, to Las Vegas. So uh, we're going to have that ready to go for you before even the week begins in Las Vegas. So we'll have all that done. Hopefully by the time uh, Las Vegas, the super Nats week begins. Yeah. And then after that, of course, get ready because we'll have some editorial already planned and ready to go on the, on the, the website. Cause David Cole and I'll pretty much be doing our super Nats debrief probably on the Tuesday after the event, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Don't call us. Don't talk to us. <laughs> we will be, we will be sleeping and eating Turkey and uh, just trying to recover. Right, Dave, we need a couple of watching days football. Yes. Yeah, but that's now. true. Yeah, Bears that. play, Bears play Thursday, Thanksgiving. So we got we got to beat the Lions. That's true. Right? They do. We got we got to beat the Lions this Sunday and and Thanksgiving. That's the nemesis right there. And folks, again, we'll do it all over again for 2020. And again, a big thank you for Cooper Tire for being the title sponsor of our EK and Trackside Live Tour for 2019. Uh, we'll talk to, to Cooper again. I assume he'll be back on board again for 2020. Uh, we've got the Scusa Winter Series, those two, two events in January and February. We've got the Challenge of the Americas in January, February, and March, kind of spread out, thankfully, this year. Uh, and then March away we go. Scusa, we got the, the spring, uh, rather the Winter Nationals event just gets started. David's also got the USPKS, United States Pro Card Series. So, David, we get a month, essentially, Christmas, New Year's, a month off, and away we go. Back at it. Uh, just just maybe the three weeks in December, and then, yeah, then we're off. That's true. That's true. All right, folks, we're done. <laughs> David Cole just uh, exhausted himself. I said he was sick coming in. We made him talk for about an hour and a half. Uh, we do appreciate it, David. Thank you very much. Good time out there. It didn't clear my sinuses. It didn't? You need some, <laughs> no. go, eat, go eat some horseradish or something like that. That will take care of that. Horseradish? What? Really? Have you, have you ever had shrimp cocktail at Harry and Izzy's or, or, or uh, the St. Elmo's Steakhouse? I have not. I have not, but I did recommend that to a friend who went to Indianapolis last. Well, you got to go. You got to go to St. Elmo's or Harry and Izzy's, same place, essentially. But their their shrimp cocktail uh, will clear your clear your nostrils for sure. Trust me on that one. (laughs) Well, it is Taco Tuesday. Maybe I'll just go with tacos. But it's not going to. It doesn't get up to the nose. It'll burn the back of the mouth. You got trust me. This shrimp cocktail, it'll clear your sinuses, I guarantee it. <laughs> Maybe we'll try it next time next year when you're down there for uh, for the Scusa Summer Nats. We'll head over, and I know you're not a big, huge shrimp guy, but I got if you were to eat it, I would love to see you do it because it would make me laugh. It's challenge, awesome. right? Challenge. Accepted? Challenge accepted? <laughs> well, I said challenge. I don't know about accepted. We'll, we'll think about it. You pussy. Come on. Do it. <laughs> Folks, we're done. David Cole, thank you so much, folks. This has been episode number 59 of the EKN Debrief. David Cole will give you all the ins and outs. A deep dive into the Rock the Real event at the Rio All Suite Hotel and Casino. Thank you so much for joining us, folks. More to come, as always, here on the EKN Radio Network. On behalf of David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now. 